Good morning, everyone. Today we're continuing with Advent, as you can see. And Advent is the four Sundays which lead up to Christmas Day. I've heard many people call this the silly season, and Nadine touched on that a little bit. And when you think of all that goes on, that's probably a pretty fair description. But for the Christian, for we Christians, Advent should be a time of anticipation and celebration and reflection at Jesus' coming. So as we anticipate that first coming of Jesus to earth more than 2,000 years ago, we can reflect on what that means for us. We can also reflect on the coming of Jesus into each of our hearts and what that means for each one of us. And we can anticipate and reflect on Jesus' second coming, whenever that may be, and what that too will mean for us. So let us pray for this Advent time. Father, forgive us when we let our anticipation of family festivities at Christmas, of exchanging gifts and feasting, when we let those thoughts become uppermost in our minds. Help us instead to reflect thankfully on the hope, the peace, the joy and the love that has been and still remains offered by you to us. Father, help us, we pray, to reflect and draw on the hope that Jesus' coming meant and still means for us. The hope we have through a God who became one of us. For Jesus, who understands humanity through his experiences as a man and who now intercedes for us. The hope that we have for the forgiveness of our sins and for eternal life in relationship with him. The hope we have for living a better life now as Jesus works in us and with us to transform us into beings who have meaning and purpose and fruitfulness. Father, we thank you for the peace that we have through Jesus' coming. Our peace in knowing that everything that happens in our lives will now turn out to be for our good. Our peace in knowing that sickness and family strife or tragedy, financial hard times, that nothing, nothing at all can separate us now from you and our future with you. Our peace in knowing with certainty that one day wars and strifes and hatreds, persecutions, tyrannies and all the sufferings they cause will end forever and peace will prevail. Father, we thank you for the joy we have through Jesus' coming, the joy that we experience through knowing we have a God who cares for each and every one of us so much, the joy that comes from realising that the heavy burdens we carry and the yokes around our necks will be no more, the joy we can feel from knowing your kingdom is at hand and is now spreading throughout the earth and one day will prevail on earth as it does in heaven. And Father, thank you for the love you have shown us in sending your only Son so that all who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Thank you for that special love that Jesus demonstrated through what he said, what he did and how he behaved. Help us, we pray, to live by his words 
and his example. Thank you for the love that is expressed throughout your word as a living reminder and encouragement for us. Help us, we pray, not to neglect your word. Thank you for that love, your love, that only wants the best for us, which Jesus so beautifully showed us in so many ways and in so many different situations. Help us, we pray, to love one another as he has loved us. Father, this Sunday, may our hope be new and all that means be remembered and renewed and rekindled as we look forward to Jesus continuing to work in our hearts and into that wonderful day when he will return in glory. We pray these things about our beliefs and our attitudes and our behaviours this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Richard, and good morning, everyone. It's nice to be here. Um, welcome online. If you're there, it's um, wonderful that you can join us as well. Well, um, really glad to be here, and I was really encouraged this morning playing the drums up the back there, just looking out and seeing people with their hands raised and worshipping God, and just to see people who know of his goodness, and just to see you worshipping. It's so encouraging uh, from the front here. So that was a really great start for the morning, and uh, I appreciate it. Well, this morning, let me just test my little thingy here first. Are we up and running with our slides? Yep, cool. So I'm continuing Sam's uh, series this morning about In His Words. And um, just looking at the words of Jesus, and, uh, and I mean, there's so many things that Jesus said. So, you know, where do you start? Well, let me just briefly recap where we've com come from over the last little while. So Sam opened the whole series talking about when Jesus said, uh, you know, build your life upon the rock. Uh, that is doing his words, not just listening to them, but doing them. And that was a really great starting place, I think, because that's ultimately what it comes down to, doesn't it? Doing uh, what Jesus says. We also heard from Ben Maddock. Are you still here, Ben, or have you gone out? Yeah, yeah super encouraged. Hands off if you, like, if you like Ben's talk. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? And he shared that there are some... Um, sayings of Jesus that are kind of accepted in our culture, and then there's some sayings which are, are not so much common in our culture, the hard sayings of Jesus, those words that people don't like to uh, talk about so much. And ultimately, he was just encouraging us that really we just need to trust him and, and follow him. So it was fantastic to hear from Ben. Mon was in there in the midst of it all and really appreciated hearing from you, Mon. That was a really encouraging morning. And then last week, Sam was talking about money and about how it's a real heart issue. It's a discipleship issue, which Jesus had a lot to say about. And so there's a lot of words that Jesus speaks about that we really need to put into practice in our lives. So there's been lots of, um, lots of words of Jesus over the last couple of months. Now, as I was reading through the words of Jesus, I was thinking about, you know, what am I going to speak about on December the 3rd? And so I read lots of his words. And what, what always strikes me when I read the words of Jesus, is the way that his words just cut through complicated theologies and vague ideas with sharp truths. If your eye causes you to sin, cut it out and throw it away. It's better to enter life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. 
be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I think one of our favorite sayings in our culture, no one's perfect, you know, we will make mistakes. It's a, it's a big statement, isn't it? Here's another one. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Whoa. So I'm not expanding on those verses. I'm just putting them out there. He makes you think like, whoa, like even people who have done wonders in his name, he might say to them, depart from me. That better not be me. You know, like you take it, the words of Jesus, they're pretty full on. And there's many other words of Jesus that, like a sword of the Spirit, they cut through human justifications. So today, I'd like to focus firstly on this scripture from Luke uh, chapter 6, verse 27 to 28. Jesus said, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, Pray for those who spitefully use you. I had a friend uh, recently who was misquoted by someone online. And you could see that this person was trying to look good, trying to impress others by taking my friend's comments out of context, making them look like a bit of a goose. Now, that's a horrible feeling. It feels unfair. And Jesus said to pray for those who spitefully use us. I think our natural tendency is to pray like this. Oh Lord, vindicate me. Uh, May this person be proven wrong. Help the truth to be shown and let their humiliation be complete. (laughs) Well, maybe you don't go that far when talking with God. But we kind of want that sometimes. See, Jesus didn't say, pray that justice is done. We want justice. It's a normal desire when we've been wronged. However, Jesus shows us that our response in prayer needs to go beyond the cry for justice. We leave the justice side of it to God. Our part is to bless. As Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Speaking of Jesus, uh, Peter tells us, here we are, Peter tells us uh, from chapter 2, verse 23, he says, when he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Jesus left the justice side with God. And let me read another scripture to you from 1 Peter 2 verse 20. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. 
And when I was thinking about this the other day, I thought if my friend was to bump into this person in heaven one day, I really do believe that this person would confess their sin to him. Jesus said, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. In the pure light and love of heaven, where sin won't exist, there would be confession and forgiveness and reconciliation, perfect love between all people. So this morning, let's pray for those who spitefully use us. Let's bless those who've wronged us. If the people aren't followers of Christ, let's pray for their salvation. Getting your justice would be a byproduct of their salvation sooner or later. It's a win-win situation. And if they're already Christians, a person who might have wronged you, well, we're to pray for their blessing in every department of life, for a closer walk with God, for blessings in their relationships, for blessings in their job, in their finance. Bless them in every way. See, maybe you'll get your apology in this life, or maybe you'll have to wait until the next one. So let me once again read the words of Jesus. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. It's amazing what happens when you do that. Um, not that my students spitefully use me, but uh, I'm a teacher in the classroom and um, sometimes I get quite frustrated with certain individuals. And um, usually it's everything's manageable, but sometimes it's like, oh, this one student is just really irking me. And I've learned in, in um, just over a number of years is, well, that's the time to really pray for that student. That's the time to really, really pray for them, that God would bless them. And if I do that, I don't feel like doing it, but if I do it, I find that I've, I've just got this new grace for this person and I welcome them into the classroom the next day. Nice to see you. And usually they're like, oh, where, where's this coming from? I mean, it's not fake. It's not put on trying to be super nice to try and win their favour. It's to, actually generally something's changed in my heart towards them. And I think God empowers us in that way when we choose to do what he says. When we make that choice, he gives us the power to do it. So I look forward to praying with you today. Maybe the Holy Spirit might put someone on your heart, someone that you need to bless. This year, I've enjoyed the chance to pray with people here at church about lots of things especially when we pray specifically for situations and agree together for God's will to be done. In fact, out of all the things I do here at church, I play the drums and do the meeting leading and stuff, I think ultimately that's what I love the most, is that chance to pray with people. And there's been some really encouraging results this year. And as we think about the words of Jesus, what did he teach us about prayer? Well, lots of things. The Lord's Prayer, uh, not to pray like the Pharisees, and lots, lots more. One of my favorite passages from Scripture is Luke 18, verse 1. Don't know if I've got it there. No, I don't. Um, one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. 
That's it. Luke 18, verse 1. That's what encouraged me. I love that little start to that story. Now, it's the story of the unjust judge and the widow. It's the contrast between this unjust judge. He doesn't care about the widow. And it's contrasting him with God. This begging widow is like, oh, please, please, listen to my case. Listen to my case. He's like, oh, go away, go away, go away. And eventually, all right, here's your justice. Just get out of my, get out of my court. So we see this contrast between a guy that doesn't care versus God who cares and loves for us. We see this contrast between a begging widow versus a beloved child of God. I'm not going to go through the whole passage and teach it, but I'm sure you know it. But I love that start. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. My question to you this morning is, what have you given up on? See, if we've learnt anything from the words of Jesus earlier, we've seen that to receive the promises of God, we need to act according to Jesus' teachings. To heap burning coals upon their head, we need to bless, not curse. And if you wonder what I mean by that, I'm talking about Romans 12. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So you've got to go about things in God's way, or you'll miss out. So how are you praying Make this person say sorry. Make them say sorry. Or bless them. Bless them, Lord. Bless this person, you know. Um, It's not the natural response. Here's another one. You never heal me. You never seem to heal me. Why? Now, if we repeat that a hundred times or one million times, are we praying and never giving up like Jesus said we should? No, we need to learn. We need to be disciples who go about things in the ways of God. So this morning, I would love to pray with you for whatever need you have, but let's be sure to pray in line with God's teaching on the matter. See, if it's healing that you need, or for somebody else, we need to learn to pray in accordance with God's teaching, with what the Bible shows us. See, back in January, I was up here speaking, and I laid out the scriptures that show that healing is for today. And I'm not going to go through all of that again, but I will simply summarize. There is a rock. There is a foundational truth upon which you can rest your faith. It's more than a fleeting encouragement, more than an enthusiasm to try, more than a vague hope for change. It is the fact of the finished work of Christ. See, without it, we're usually just hoping that someone else has a hotline with God. I heard someone say recently that faith is steadfastness. I like that. See, I don't need the atmosphere to be just right. I don't need the symbols on the drums to give you those tingles as much as I like doing them. 
I don't need a word from God that the blonde lady in the back corner, God wants to heal you today. See, there is a steadfastness that I've kind of discovered, which uh, when all the hype or when all the excitement has died down, what, what are you actually left with there that you put your faith in? Yes, the character of God, we see the character of God in the Bible, and there's so many promises about healing and about uh, God answering prayer. But ultimately, I think it boils down in many ways to resting in the finished work of Christ. Uh, Back in January when I was preparing to talk, I really felt God was um, putting the whole topic of healing on my heart back then. And um, it was challenging. It was challenging for me. And one of the challenges was that lovely Bev, dear Bev, uh, had been battling cancer for five years and she was in palliative care at that time and I I really felt that it was the right thing to talk about at that time despite the fact that I knew she was really suffering and, and quite close to the end speaking with Bev recently and um you know she was saying that throughout her battle with cancer Many friends would uh, say, look, we're praying for her, and that's wonderful. Um, some of them were saying, you know, it would be a wonderful testimony. You know, that's why God's going to heal you, because you know, it's going to be a wonderful testimony. And they prayed, and then uh, healing didn't sort of come. See, one thing I've noticed is that healing doesn't come just because you've been a wonderful Christian. You know, Bev had been had a whole lifetime of serving God and amazing stories and beautiful heart. Uh, that's not actually on God's checklist of why I'm going to heal someone or not. That morning when I spoke, I emphasised that healing was provided in the atonement of Christ. And Bev caught a glimpse of it. See, resting in his finished work takes away the doubt and enables you to receive. You don't have to doubt whether it's what God wants on this occasion for you. He's already shown you that healing and forgiveness are yours. One of the foundational verses for this is Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 5. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God and stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. You know, Jesus quoted this verse when he was out there healing people in Matthew 8. He didn't have the wounds while he was doing it. Yet, he knew it was coming. Jesus forgave the paralytic's sin before the cross. You remember he says, son, your, your sins are forgiven you. You know, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or pick up your mat and walk. So he forgave sins. He healed people before the cross. But he knew it was coming. See, the finished work of Christ is the basis for all of God's forgiveness and healing towards humanity. 
So how do we pray for healing? Well, I've learnt this. It doesn't matter what you say. You don't have to get the words right. It matters what you believe. And it does matter. We need to get steadfast, unmovable, on the finished work of Christ. James 5, 14 to 16 tells us this. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, it's my birthday in five days' time and uh, I'll be 43. Now, am I old? Am I old? Am I an elder? Well, this side of the church says no, this side says yes. Um, the prayer of faith will save the sick. Now, whether I'm an elder or not, I do believe I can pray that prayer. It's not because I'm anything special. It's not because I suddenly heard God said, oh, I want to do this or that. I can actually pray that prayer because I don't doubt that God actually wants to heal you if you've got a sickness or a disease. And so that's what we did, didn't we, Bev, back in January? We held hands down here. It was wonderful. And I gave a great big eloquent speech rebuking the devil and doing, no, I didn't do anything special. I said, Lord, just heal Bev, or something along those lines. And, uh, and it was a process and God brought you through. but I can rest on that knowledge that healing has been provided. Forgiveness has been provided. I don't doubt that God wants to forgive anyone. I don't doubt that God wants to heal anyone either. So I might just invite the worship team to come back if there's another song as we uh, kind of wrap it up. So I've talked a little bit this morning about uh, forgiving, well, blessing, I should say, blessing enemies, praying for those who spitefully use us. So if the Lord brings someone to your mind, bless them today, right? You can do that with someone else. You can do it just you and the Lord. Bless them in every way that you possibly can. And I've also just touched back on healing again because, you know, it's really been a year since I was up here speaking about healing and and I still feel very encouraged and very strong that we can pray for healing with more than just a hope, with a real certainty that God will move and work through us just like he's promised. And we've seen that with Bev, which has been so encouraging. So if you have any needs today, if you'd like to pray uh, with me or with others in the prayer team, please just hang around and we'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, thank you very much for your time and yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Um, if you'd like to stand, we're going to sing a final song. And it, it's about coming before Jesus, actually, and uh, just acknowledging how much we need him. Um, we need his grace. In our weaknesses, we can have the Lord's confidence. So uh, I just encourage you, just as Andrea said, feel free. If you want to come down the front, someone will come pray with you, or there's the prayer room out the back. But uh, 
it's always just such a great opportunity to be able to um, yeah, really get your needs met and, and really meet um, with God and, and have someone support that journey and that process. with a benediction feels like the right time to be thinking about um, I think with Andrew's my notes that I've written say let's pray for blessing over others instead of justice for ourselves leave the justice to the only one who is truly just so my uh, benediction today is coming from Jude but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Saviour, through Christ Jesus our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority over all time, now and forever. Amen. There is still time to come down. There will be still a time um, to have prayer or spend some time in God's presence if you'd wish to team are going to stay at the front otherwise the prayer room will also be open go into your weeks in peace thank you